Hello and welcome to the Yaura Que podcast. I am your host, Joanna, and today we'll be talking about the pandemic and how it has affected the Latinx community here in the United States. So before I get started with this episode, I just wanted to give a quick intro to who I am and what this purpose of the episode is. So hello everyone, my name is Joana Duran, like I mentioned before. I am a 24-year-old Latina slash Chicana. Both my parents are from Mexico and migrated up to the United States where we are currently living. Um, I live in Sonoma County in California and I am currently in college and I am a Chicano Latino major and it is my senior year. So for this episode, I just wanted to talk about the inequities that minorities face when it comes to health, as well as I wanted to specify into the Latino community and how it has affected us in the county, as in also kind of talk about how it reflects on the country. And just I just wanted to talk to one of my coworkers that I will be introducing shortly to talk about this because she is very passionate about this um, subject as well. So thank you, and then I will see you guys shortly. Hi, Joanna. How are you? (laughs) Good. Good. Nice app. Huh? You sound good. All right. You're good. Okay, so thank you for being my guest. So this is the Yaura Que podcast. So I just wanted everyone to get to know you first. So if you could just give me like a small introduction of who you are or just any information you think it's important to know about yourself. Yeah, of course. Um, are we just doing this interview in English, Spanish, Spanglish? Spanglish. You can go English. Okay, Spanglish. All right. Yes. So, um, yeah, my name is Melissa. I am 24 years old. I'm a student at the JC. Mm-hmm. I just started working with Joanna at the Cura Project. Yes. Before that, um, yeah, before that, I used to work as a counselor, residential counselor mm-hmm. at a group home. Um I'm the oldest. I have a younger brother. He's 21. Mm-hmm. I live with both my parents. Um, what else? Maybe like a little history of where you come from. Or like where yeah, your of course. Um, so I was born and raised in Mexico, Guanajuato, to be mm-hmm. precise. Um, I lived there until I was 12. Then my family and I migrated to Colorado. We stayed there for about a year. And then mm-hmm. moved to Healdsburg, and that's where I'm um, living right now. We've mm-hmm. been here for 10 years, 11 now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. Okay, so I think that's a good introduction, just so people get to know you a little bit more and know a little bit more about you. So and now I'm going to get straight into the questions. So for the first question, I wanted to talk more about the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. the first question would be, how did the pandemic affect you and your family? Yeah, like I said, I live with my parents and uh, my brother is in college. So he comes and goes. Um, Mm -hmm. The pandemic, I feel like really affected him Mm because he had to move back home and it was a whole different environment. Mm -hmm. Um, What college did he go to? He goes to UC um, Santa Barbara. Oh my goodness. I did yes. not know that. Yes, so it's like was... seven hours away. I feel so bad. He probably yeah. really wanted to be on campus, huh? I heard it's really he... important. Yeah, he's actually also graduating this year and it is um, a yeah. struggle because it is 
far away we he i don't know if he's gonna be just walking virtually or what they're doing yeah because it's also like a whole different county a different part of um california so they have like different regulations no yeah so like the whole like the fact that he wasn't able to graduate like yeah i feel like that really affected him yeah no yeah so with this was Um, his senior year yes oh my goodness oh my god yeah i feel like you can relate to him yeah i'm like i get to walk though we have like a drive-through so like we're it's just like it's not the same it is it's like it's better than nothing right so like I'm. yeah well they're not doing drive-through it's either you walk virtually or you walk um i guess they're scheduling students to walk at a certain certain times or keeping their distance yeah yeah and they're only letting that he i think he is but the thing oh. is that they're only letting him bring two people oh. and because it's so far away he either will have to like come back and get my parents so they can go with him or um yeah that's the only option because then um it will be too much for me to drive no yeah, yeah, yeah. a whole day just to go to a, just for my parents to go to an event oh. for half an hour yeah Okay, now I see. So that's the way, like, I would say, that makes sense, though. Like, your brother is very sad, and it really affected his last year. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. But now, can I actually ask, what about your parents? Do you feel like your parents were affected in any way? Um, I don't feel like they were affected as much. My parents are very... Homebody? Homebody, I guess. Yeah, uh, they're nice. used to being home. Uh, my dad used to go on long walks, and mm-hmm. he did became a little bit worried about the pandemic, so he stopped. But now that he's vaccinated, he actually started doing that again. Okay. Yeah. What about? Uh, what, oh, hmm? sorry. You still haven't no, said about ahead. your mom. My mom. Um, she is a housewife, so she is also like used to being home. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Whenever we have to go to the store, she goes with me. My dad doesn't like it. He says that he gets anxious wearing a mask. It's oh, understandable. Okay. Like they are both uh, older; they're in their late sixties. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, also having like health problems and then wearing the mask does cause him like um, either anxiety or like with his asthma, it kind of makes him feel like he's short of breath. Oh, okay, okay, no. So yeah, whenever we have, I have to run errands. I either go by myself or my mom goes with me, and that's like the only couple times that she does uh, go out. Mm-hmm she what about, um go ahead i was gonna ask what about you do you feel like it's affected you in any way like your mental health or like yeah um of course um i feel like the first year it really affected me like yeah. from march to march because um i was actually working like i said as a residential counselor that mm-hmm. is already like a very emotional kind of job yeah like you deal with foster kids who are dealing with trauma and that all gets like um projected on us Mm -hmm. so it is it was really emotional before and with the pandemic it just came to a point where I just couldn't be there anymore Mm -hmm. um it did allow me to like work on my self-care and become more like aware I guess of my um my feelings and how I was dealing with my own trauma Mm um it also I feel like it benefited me with the online school like I've been struggling as a student for um, uh, close to six years mm-hmm. but with online schooling like it actually like improved my performance mm-hmm. like I've realized that I'm more um, independent when it comes to doing schoolwork mm-hmm. so going into the classroom and doing things at the teacher's pace wasn't working for me 
And now that I'm taking online classes, like I get to do my own work whenever I can schedule it, as long as I meet the deadlines. Okay. Okay. So it kind of sounds like for you, it wasn't too bad. Like it kind of did affect your mental health in the beginning. But then after that, you felt a little bit more stable and you were able to cope with it and learn more about how to take, like you said, um, self-care and take care of yourself. Okay. So then I think that question is done. I'm going to go move on to the next one. So do you think that the county and country responded well with helping the community? In some areas, I feel like they did. Like, for example, um, when the pandemic started, they did came out with a bunch of different, like, for example, food distribution sites and ways for people to get that when they lost their jobs mm-hmm. and they couldn't even um, go get uh, groceries. They did that. They help um, a lot of people with rental assistance because I'm guessing like we were fortunate enough that we didn't uh, lose our jobs. Yeah. But when people did that, like their health insurance that was related to their jobs, that went away. Their um, rent, their the money that they, the income that they had to pay for rent went away. Um, and other things. I'm guessing. Um, I heard that rental assistance programs were really helpful. The food yeah. distribution sites were also really helpful. Yeah, but um, some areas that they did need more, that they do need more uh, improvement is offering uh, like direct services to our community because we yeah. are very. Um, if they offer a service at a place, we go and we get it, and that's all that we do. But when it comes to like filling up paperwork, people, our community gets gets discouraged, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because they know that they have to fill out a form. They have to not only trust that process, but they also have to trust whoever is um, handing out those forms with their information. Yeah. Their personal information, especially if they're undocumented. Yeah. And that, and all of that for someone to just tell them a couple of weeks later that they didn't qualify for the service they needed, it breaks them. Yeah. I have um, a couple of neighbors and friends that I actually help fill out some forms for um, unemployment and health insurance, a call fresh, as, uh, food stamps and all of that. And they were told that they couldn't, that they didn't qualify after like waiting weeks to hear a response from them. Did they give? They said that um, small families usually don't qualify because of their income. Oh, so, okay, okay. Yeah, so, if, so they made too much? For a small family, like for example, if someone is making more than fifty thousand a year, and they only have like it's a couple and they only have one kid, they mm-hmm. already I guess pass the range for low income. That's crazy because, though. Yeah, because there yeah. are small families. Yeah, that's crazy though, because like in Sonoma County, don't you think like this area is pretty expensive to live? So it's like yeah. they expect and us not to, only like, that. Yeah. But you know, with the fires, um, a lot of places actually, um, like insurances increase the rates because of the yeah. fires. They consider yeah. it fire zone. So now, not only insurances are um ex- more expensive, they're higher rate. But now yeah. they also don't have um, enough jobs or people who lost their jobs. Some um, businesses had to close too because mm-hmm. they couldn't keep um either getting a loan to keep the business afloat or mm-hmm. they just couldn't um, stay open. So they closed. And the people, um, if you think about it, in our community, the people who usually stay at those jobs are people who don't have a, 
higher education, I guess. They don't yeah, know like, the language. Yeah, like it's usually like migrant workers because yeah. nobody wants to take that type so of work. They're, yeah, they're undocumented. They don't know the yeah. language. They don't have the education. Mm-hmm. And the only experience they have is in that job. Yeah. So if they lose the job, they don't have like the means to find another one. Yeah. And it just becomes a whole... Like a, cycle. Um, a whole cycle where they don't they can't find a job they can't afford the rent they can't afford like the services the um or what is it? yeah like, like health insurance and other insurances yeah mm-hmm. like it makes because it's supposed to be for people like that who really need it but if they don't yeah. qualify but what's funny is that they don't pay attention of like the situation that we're in like fire season the pandemic mm-hmm. like they should have done a little better at like thinking about like what people were being affected how they were being affected and how they could maybe change like the policy or whatever was going on yeah with hey, the, do you uh, actually know that um undocumented people cannot qualify for many um services because for many things here you need a gr- good um credit score uh, and if you don't have a social security number you can't get a good credit and so they don't one have of, a social security yeah, yeah so that's one of the main issues affecting people that i know they yeah. are working. They can't get a good place because they don't have the um, the credit score. They can't get a good job because they don't have the education, the language, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is just something that needs to be um, looked into and change. Yeah, that's definitely something that I feel like Sonoma County needs to do better at, mm-hmm. only because we have so many like immigrant workers working in the fields and restaurants. We're like a wine county, so there's like. A lot of restaurants, hotels, wineries, places to eat. Yeah. And most often, like you mentioned before, like the workers who are there aren't people who like who have or have a higher education. And it's not that it's bad or good. It's just that people who live here, like in the county or in the US, they don't want to take those jobs. Like they mm-hmm. want a career or whatever that means. And then people migrants, they just want to work. They just want to make money. They just came here to make some money, maybe send it back home. But they need to pay attention that if they need these type of workers, like they need to help them too. Yeah. Do you because notice like that? Stuck. Do you notice that during the pandemic they were all called essential workers, but they didn't yeah. get any benefits or receive yep. a raise? Yeah. It was, was they the same work that they did before, the same um, pay range, but there were no other um, benefits given to them after being called essential workers. Exactly. And then I found it. I just find it so crazy how they're the ones who are supposed to risk their lives. Like and they were, there. yeah, they were risking their lives not only with the fires but with the pandemic. They oh, yeah. they're the ones working no matter what happens. Yeah, and they don't get anything. I remember last year when I saw the pictures, and I think someone made a painting of like the fires with like all the workers. Yeah, I found I that live- so like crazy because I'm like, we're in a pandemic mm-hmm. and they're out there in a fire. Like this is two things. Like why? Like yeah, why? um, I live like so close to the freeway and really? you could see the fire from the other side. Yeah, and then you could still see people going. Um, the yeah. roads were actually closed, but yeah. they were given like a um, I don't know if it was like an identification that told the um officers guarding those roads that they mm-hmm. were uh, farm workers and they had to get in to be able to go to work. That's so crazy, though. Like, I, Yeah, because they still like, needed to go to work. Yeah, it's like this weird thing where it's like, okay, like I get there's wineries and like they need to make money and they, they can pay their workers. But like, look at the situation we're in. Like, can't the country mm-hmm. or government or the county like come up with a better way to like protect people? Like have and then also like give us like livable like in like stimulus a stimulus check or something because like 
what were we supposed well, to do? You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like the pandemic in the beginning, no one really knew what the virus was or like what was going on. Mm-hmm. There, the news was always like with um, changing, like there's new information every day. Everyone was afraid. And I'm just like, I find it so crazy that they couldn't do more, especially in the U.S. Like, I don't know. I yeah, just heard you know, it's, Yeah, um, I'm glad that you mentioned the news because my parents watch the Spanish news, yeah. El, Del Telemundo, mm-hmm. Univision. Mm-hmm. But they don't talk about what's going on here in Sonoma County. Right? It's more That's widespread. Yeah. And then even then, the information from um, Sonoma County is translated, but it isn't, um, like, I guess, culturally cultural appropriate i don't know if yeah. that's the right term but mm-hmm. it's not like it's just translated and some words don't even don't make, make it through the people because oh, it's like yeah. more professional yeah I get and it. it isn't geared towards people with a lower level of education or like a simple um the summary of what the con the county was like trying to um say instead of yeah all of it being translated yeah honestly with that with that what you just said I want to transition to my last question because I feel Mm -hmm. like it's kind of what we're talking about right now but it's what are your thoughts about how this pandemic affected the white Caucasian population compared to the Latinx population in Sonoma County and the and as well as the country yeah of course like you just said like it just it affected us disproportionately because Mm -hmm. we are still doing the jobs that we were doing before we are not getting the information in a way that we understand it. Mm-hmm. And we're not getting services because of our um, immigration status, our um, mm-hmm. educational background, our job yeah. titles. Mm-hmm. And then also like the, um, like I said, the unemployment and other benefits like um, healthcare. Yeah. Like the, those depend mainly on your immigration status. And during the pandemic, many people who lost their jobs they were able to apply for uh, unemployment yeah and either medical like some kind of like government um, insurance mm-hmm. but people without um, undocumented people many times wouldn't be able couldn't qualify for those yeah did you know any people personally that you like saw yes. it happen to them and like they, many they didn't know like, a, like I mentioned my neighbors mm-hmm. I even helped them out fill out forms and it took so long for their um applications to be processed and once they did um it gave them like the minimum amount of unemployment yeah. Um, money i guess yeah because their families is too small they don't qualify um it, it just it was a mess and yeah. it sucks that i can't that we can't do anything for them because it is a bigger issue it, go, it comes from the federal government and they're the ones like creating those um protocols and those processes yeah they are just affecting us yeah yeah. i have a question so since you you kind of know those people personally since you're Mm -hmm. your neighbors what how did they like what did they end up doing then like did they struggle to pay rent like did they have to move out yeah um we live in low income apartments so they were actually pretty good on that like they talked to the manager and she gave them like um time to be able to um pay rent that's good. What they ended up doing is that they, for example, my neighbors, um, they it's a couple with one kid. Mm-hmm. They both lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, the the husband actually ended up applying for like a 
it's like a training i guess program mm. he got training and he ended up getting a, another job but that took Good. months and then yeah. while he was being um doing the training he he got like the minimum pay for that training mm. so he wasn't getting any income and then his wife we kept filling out forms but then they kept asking for extra documents and oh, okay. th- she ended up getting the minimum amount it wasn't until like the beginning of this year that she she was able to get more oh, okay, okay they didn't because he was still working and for a family of three he was making more than the uh, minimum yeah range like they couldn't uh, uh, um they didn't qualify for insurance mm-hmm. they didn't qualify for like um food stamps like for a lot basically for a lot of um, benefits they couldn't qualify because they were a small um family so I'm guessing the food drives, like you mentioned before, really helped them they out. They were helpful, yeah. And yeah. then uh, emergency insurance or, like, doing payments. Yeah. We even found out that uh, there's a website that can do, uh, where you can get, like, coupons so you can get um, cheaper medicines because they're so expensive. Oh. No, yeah, I believe you. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. more than $300, and with oh, the coupons, you can get them from, like, 50 to 100 oh, Okay. That's still a good amount, but that does help a lot. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Okay, and then I was gonna say, lastly, it kind of still connects with this question. Mm-hmm. But overall, with your experience and going out into the community, do you feel like the Latinx population was affected most? Or do you think it was kind of equal? Or like, how did you feel? Or how did you see Sonoma County? Like, I'll, I'll explain right now. But like, in my view, I just noticed how like a lot of the Latino population was mostly like afraid at home and then when, once they started opening things up I would just see like a lot of like of our white Caucasian population kind of just out in the restaurants like as if like nothing you know what I mean like I was very like yeah. shocked like I was like I'm so confused like why are they so relaxed but then I, I started thinking I was like well maybe it's because they're home and like they don't really have interaction with people so they're more safe and they don't they're not like oh I'm you know getting I'm around people like I can spread it like they were kind of just more like whatever but like us we're like we're home like we don't really want to go out like maybe we go out you know once things opened up a little bit we did like kind of but not really at all but like do you get what I'm saying like I just yeah and I feel like culture has a lot to do with that because um white people do have a more independent um, individualistic culture than we do so um I know this because through our good program like um i tell people like I ask them if they're vaccinated if they're interested Mm. and they're like oh I already got vaccinated but Mm. if you talk to Spanish-speaking person and you ask them if they're vaccinated they're like oh I did but you know I know this person who isn't I know Mm. I have a family member who um, is still thinking about it Mm. we think more about our family members our friends Mm -hmm. than our uh, white counterpart so I feel like that has a lot to do with that with those habits that we started uh developing during the pandemic to protect yeah. our family and friends and yeah. also the the fear of um living in a place where we are um oppressed like if mm, we yeah. yeah if we go out we might get sick from someone who has the privilege of going to a hospital and get um medical that's so services true. that's so we true. I we don't have the privilege so yeah we right. don't have we don't have that privilege because we yes. might not have health insurance it's also scary being in a hospital where um, you might even get more sick you might even have a doctor who is biased and might not take your symptoms as seriously as they should uh, because that um, is heartbreaking but it happens 
No, yeah. What's, then, what's funny? Oh, wait, keep going. No, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say what's funny is that I actually, like, I have, I have a class where we talked about inequities in health and mm-hmm. someone that specifically was talking about um, how minority groups and people of color or women of color, um, they have a lot more um, pregnancy, like, difficulties or, like, yeah. deaths. And I was just like, wow, like I genuinely when I when I was a little like I was very naive or just whatever. And like, I just felt like everyone was treated equally, but like a hospital to do that. It's just so shocking to me. Yeah, and I now have... that you're saying it. It's like, wow, like that's very sad. I know about that because I, I have a per- personal experience with that. And I also know really? people who have gone through something like that. As, yeah, awesome. as a woman of color, um, I had really painful periods. And um, yeah. at the hospital, whenever I ended up in the hospital because of that. They would just yeah. give me like a shot for pain and say like, "Come back tomorrow if you still feel pain." Oh my! And that, yeah, and I was like, um, "Okay, I guess." Like, thanks just, for helping. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. No, yeah. It's I a whole different system. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's very true. Okay, well, those were my questions. Do you have any final thoughts or comments? No, I'm just really honored that you thought about me for this interview. No, yeah, of course. I actually really like talking to you about like talking about these type of things with you because mm-hmm. I feel like you're very knowledgeable and you have firsthand experience. And I just love how much you talk. And I talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, then this is the end of the podcast. Thank you for being my guest. 